Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. And this is the first podcast I'm recording from Costa Rica in two, I want to say two years. We were here March 2020. Okay, so a year and a half it's been. We were here March 2020 last. Normally, I travel to Costa Rica every single year. So there are a ton of podcasts recorded from the rainforest, but it's been a while. So to give you a little, uh, paint your little word picture right now, I am sitting on the top floor of my little jungle hut, <laughs> my little jungle casita um, that I'm staying in here in Santa Teresa in Costa Rica and looking outside, actually I can see blue sky. It's been really rainy since we came. It's raining season. So every day we're getting a fair amount of rain, which I love living in Aruba where it's really dry and really sunny. I just so appreciate having this rainy, cozy weather. And of course, the lushness of nature here is just so special. And um, I'm sitting on the floor. I made a little bench using my suitcase to prop my microphone on. And if I look outside, I see palm trees. I see all kinds of trees. There's a papaya tree right outside as well. There are ylang ylang trees right outside my window, which I just, my favorite flower is the ylang ylang flower. And all in all, I'm just so grateful that I get to sit here talking to you one week in to a two-week solo vacation. I mean, <laughs> I feel really, really spoiled and blessed and just so happy to be here. In um, the spirit of this podcast being from the heart, I want to give all of us just a chance to anchor into our own hearts. Just that little moment for us to tap in, close the eyes and feel. So uh, wherever you are, if you want to sit down, go ahead and sit down. If you're comfortable standing up, um, we can meditate or ground into the body, whatever we're doing, right? You can do this on the subway, standing up, out for a run, 
Basically, it's just taking some of that energy that normally we have really centered around the head and the mind and the brain. Most of us, we keep all of our awareness in the brain and the head and the mind all day. And we're just taking that energy and we're bringing it a little bit lower, a little bit deeper into the lower ends of the body. So you can do that through breath, bringing everything back into the heart and just shifting that perspective from the outside perspective to the inside perspective. So however you want to arrive or make your way to that place, do it now. If you feel comfortable closing your eyes, you close your eyes. And take a moment right now just to notice what you have passing through your mind in this moment. Okay, what is that the energy I was talking about that we keep around our heads, that we keep around the intellectual part of our brains? We're always thinking, worrying, fretting about stuff. There might be some anxiety or thoughts or problems. We always have so much going on in our heads. Sometimes that narrative in our minds is positive and kind. I find that a little bit rare, unfortunately, but sometimes it's really loving and sweet. And sometimes, oftentimes, that narrative can be fairly harsh, judgmental, and, 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 and tough, right? So just checking in with your state of mind right now. What is the narrative that's passing through your brain, through your head in this moment? What is the quality of the thoughts that you've been thinking lately? And what is the feeling of this energy that you have centered around the head and the mind right now? If I go to that place, so I had a, a beautiful past week, but I also had kind of a challenging couple of days with some strange news and just things coming my way, which of course always happens when we have a little bit of space. So when I check in with my own mind right now, I can sense it's a little bit unsettled is a good word, right? I have some fearful thoughts running through my head, thoughts of things that aren't in place or that aren't the way, quote unquote, they're supposed to be. Um, my mind likes to tell me this big story that there's always some major problem for me to fix, right? And then whenever I actually get a problem to fix, my mind goes into overdrive. So that's the energy I can sense is just this unsettled energy in my mind checking in with you, right? Maybe your mind is fairly grounded right now. Maybe the thoughts you're thinking are calm and constructive and positive and loving. Maybe there is some worry there. Maybe it's just the same old, same old, right? You can actually tune in to the thoughts that you're thinking and it's the same thoughts all day, every day, every week. Just notice And noticing that without judging these thoughts as bad or terrible or good or great, let's see if you can get a little bit of space, a little bit of objectivity, just acknowledging that the mind is here to produce thoughts. That's literally what the mind is here to do. So it's not in, the, in and of itself a bad thing that you have thoughts running through your head all day. It's just what it is. But give yourself enough space to actually witness and notice what these thoughts create in the rest of your body. What is stirred deep inside of you when you're thinking or when your mind is thinking these thoughts? 
right? So for me, for example, when my mind is thinking fearful thoughts, um, or I feel really worried about things, I have this little loop in my head of, oh, this is not okay, or this should not be happening, I have to fix so and so and so. What happens in the rest of my system is I, I get on alert a little bit, it becomes really hard for me to really relax and soften. And I, I start to really get this sense in my whole body that I'm under threat of some sort or that there's this big thing I really need to figure out and fix. And if I don't, oh my God, what's going to happen, right? It's a scary feeling. And my body starts to tense up. I can actually physically feel in my body how my body starts to get really tense and kind of tight when I'm thinking particularly fearful anxious thoughts or when my mind tells me things are not okay so we have to i think it's a really important practice to just check in with our mind with our state of mind and with the quality of our thoughts and that we do that often so we can remind ourselves that okay i actually am creating a fair share of this experience for myself and it might feel like this very challenging big thing to control but if I really take a moment to check in with the present, so not the thoughts I'm thinking, not the thoughts passing through my mind, but the actual present moment, am I under threat? Is it true that in this moment where I'm sitting, things are not okay? Is there something for me to worry about in this here now? Meaning I step away from all of those perceived problems and fears and worries and I get really grounded into this moment. I get really mindful of well, what is unfolding actually. Well, as I said, as I opened this podcast, I'm sitting on the floor of this casita in the jungle looking out at the lang-y-lang trees. I'm healthy. <laughs> My body's strong. I'm breathing. I'm actually totally present in this peaceful moment. And even though my mind likes to tell me that there are so many things I have to fix right now, things I need to take care of, or things that are scary, that feel uncertain, in this present moment, actually the way I'm sitting, looking out at those Ylang Ylang trees, everything is okay, right? This moment actually is a safe moment for me. And in this exact here now, there isn't anything for me to fix or solve or do, right? All of those fears and problems, they exist mainly in my head. And that doesn't mean that we just resign and we let everything unfold the way it does and we let all problems accumulate. But what it means is I can make a choice. Is this a time for me to dig into this issue and maybe take action on something, right? make a change, make a shift, talk to somebody, figure something out. And if so, can I do that? And when I'm done, can I put that problem away? Right? And I wish that was the case, but I think for a lot of us, we have these issues and we spend all day long running them on a loop in the back of our heads all day about how so-and-so betrayed us and they were talking about us in that way and this thing is happening over there and that's not okay. And our minds just tell us this never-ending story of how actually everything is bad. Instead of figuring out the problem, doing what we can and then putting it down, going back to that peaceful place. 
And when we give ourselves the opportunity to really check in with our state of mind, we can become aware of these things. That hey, for me right now, looking at these ylang-ylang trees, like life is so beautiful. Wow. If I really drop into my heart, into my body, wow, this moment. I get to sit here talking to you, recording this podcast, which is my most precious creative outlet and people listen it's like wow wow everything is so perfect <laughs> i get a little goosebumpy just sharing that because everything is so perfect but 10 minutes ago i was really stuck in my head with all of these problems and all of these fears well what happens if so and so doesn't work out how am i going to ever figure that out and how scary would that be if that thing happened and then I lose sight of how precious this moment is. I'm not appreciating the ylang-ylang trees when I'm stuck in my head looping this issue around. So it's bringing awareness to the thoughts that we have moving through our heads, just noticing them, objectively acknowledging them and making that connection that, yeah, when I get this stuck in my head, I don't feel good. It actually impacts my whole being. This is what happens in my body. This is the feeling in my belly. This is what happens in my heart space. Ooh, all of a sudden, everything becomes really challenging. So how can I move away from the thinking mind and just shift awareness to a different place? Doesn't mean I'm ignoring or trying to escape the thoughts. I can acknowledge that, oh, my mind is thinking thoughts. Okay, well, what about my heart? Hmm? Place a hand to the heart. How is your heart? What about your soul? You can bring the hand a little lower to the belly. Make a deep connection. How are you feeling here, now? If you shift awareness all the way down into the legs, into the feet, take a moment to feel and fully experience the connection you have with Earth Mother right now. Right now in this moment, as we speak, you're being held up by the earth, totally supported by the earth. How does that feel? And if you get really present with what is unfolding around you in this moment, just bring that mindfulness in. What can you see and what's beautiful about what you can see? What can you touch and what's precious about what you can touch? What can you smell? What can you hear? What is actually unfolding now? And breathe and linger there. Breathe and linger here. And although, of course, you know, a mindfulness practice isn't going to magically solve any of your problems, right? But it will bring you back home to you. And every moment we get to shift awareness from our thoughts, from the worries, and back into the present moment. Every time we do that, it's a win because we get to arrive back. So take a, another long, full breath right now. Long inhale in through the nose. Open the mouth and exhale to release. And see if you can remain really present and mindful with everything that's happening in this moment for you. And if you can start to notice how quickly your awareness will go back up into the head, 
And just notice that and then bring yourself back to the present moment, back to the body, back to that thing you can see right now, that sound you can hear right now, that scent you can smell right now. Just come back, come back, come back. That's the practice. That's the practice. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So, uh, (laughs) these ylang-ylang trees of mine... If you've never seen an ylang-ylang tree, it is so beautiful. I mean, all trees are beautiful. I'm in the space where I'm just in awe of every <laughs> everything nature has to offer. I mean, everything, everything. I'm here with a friend of mine and we're just walking down the street. It's kind of amazing how the plants that will grow through concrete in Costa Rica... I mean, literally, like the plants that people would perceive as weeds that would just grow anywhere in Aruba. We have to fight to get them to grow at all. You know, Aruba is so dry. It's fairly challenging to, to grow there. We need so much water and so much care. And, you know, it's a whole different kind of climate. And in Costa Rica, everything is so alive. Everything is so lush. And, um... Ylang-ylang is this yellow, precious flower that grows in pretty tall trees. So it's not like you go pick ylang-ylang flowers. You have to wait for them to drop. And if you catch them at the right right moment when they've just fallen to the floor, you can take them home. I used to put them in pitchers of water because they make water taste amazing. But just to to smell the scent of a fresh ylang-ylang flower is like out of this world. And for me, I have a really... A really precious relationship with Ylang Ylang because when I moved to Costa Rica, this was almost 14 years ago. I was here for the first time. My first time here, I didn't move right away. I had a trip here, fell in love with the country, and then I moved. But almost 14 years ago, and when I'd actually moved here, my first house, which was this unbelievably disgusting little shack. I mean, I I probably wouldn't set foot in that house now. <laughs> I've I've become a I've become somewhat something of a germaphobe like as I as I age, but it was really like a shack. I didn't have a fridge. Can you believe it? I lived for a long ass time 
in a shack with with no fridge. Like I couldn't, I didn't have, I, I, I keep thinking about that. How did I live without a fridge? Like I kept like things in my friend's fridge who lived next door and like fruits I would just leave on the counter and and um, I worked at a bar, I would eat at the bar. I don't, I don't know how I lived. But it was one of those things where just like every time it rained, the whole house would flood completely and just bring, you know, a foot or two of muddy water all into the house. There was a bathroom. It was so disgusting and dirty and just horrible that I never used it. Like I never really used that bathroom ever unless I could, couldn't avoid it, you know. Um, and I didn't want to shower in there. Even then when I would, didn't care at all. I mean, I would eat whatever food off the floor. Like I had no, I mean, I really, like I drank the water from the really shitty pipes. Like I really didn't think at anything about like germs or dirt or anything like that. But even then I didn't want to shower in that shower because the shower was so gross. So I hung a hose outside and a friend of mine helped me make like a little like he took a plastic tube and put a shower curtain on it so that at least no one would see me naked from the road. And I just showered from this hose. Like that was just my, my life. Um, but, um, and there were scorpions in there all the time and a lot of cockroaches in that little shack all the time. And just like, it was, it was just kind of nasty. And I was so happy there. I was so, so, so happy there. But anyway, in the street where I lived was an Ylang Lang tree. And it was like the scent of returning home whenever I turned the corner and I walked down the path leading to my house. The scent that I would feel and smell all the time was that of Ylang-Ylang. And for me, Ylang-Ylang just started representing this precious, precious freedom that I had never really experienced in a major way before. It was me living on my own for the first time. It was me having moved to another country for the first time. It was me having broken up with my boyfriend who I was with forever, who I thought I would marry. It was me leaving my family behind, leaving my mom, leaving my dad, leaving my siblings, like leaving this life that I had known where I was not feeling good. I really felt like I wasn't living my purpose. I wasn't living from a place of essence. I was way down and sad most of the time. And then I created this whole new life for myself where I was living free and alone and to me, freedom, like a coming home to myself, smells like ylang-ylang. So every time I, I, I walk past an ylang-ylang tree here, being back in Costa Rica, it's like I have to pause and take a breath and I just smile, you know. Because this trip, it, has, it, is, it is not, you know, beyond me. I mean, it is a little bit beyond me and wild how much of a full circle journey this is. So December 15th, which is coming up really soon, we move from Aruba to Sweden. We're moving from this part of the world. I'm moving back to my home country, you know, for the first time in 14 years. It's a long time to be away. Um, more than half my life, right? No, wait, more than half my life. <laughs> Almost half my life. Okay. In my head, I guess I'm still 28. <laughs> Almost half my life. And... I, I found my way to Aruba through finding my way to Costa Rica, right? I lived in Costa Rica first and then I went to Aruba on vacation and fell in love with Dennis and ended up moving there and then spent all those years living in Aruba. And now it's like getting to have a last trip in Costa Rica right before moving to Sweden. And this might be my last trip in a really, really long time. I don't know. Costa Rica is really far from Sweden. From Aruba, it's a really easy trek to get there. So I don't know how likely it is that we're going to be visiting, you know, 
And out of all the places I could have gone, normally I always go down south. I go to Dominical, which is the, the village, the pueblo I, I used to live in. We always go to the same area, the Dominical Vita area. Always, every year we visit, we go back to the same place because that's home for me. And we have a lot of community there and friends. But this trip, there was something in me that just felt like I want something different. I want something new. I want to go someplace where I want to go a place I haven't been, but I also want to go someplace where I can have just a different kind of experience, a place where nobody knows me. Like that's really what I, what I wanted to do. So I picked Santa Teresa just because I have friends who travel here a lot and it looks beautiful and I'd never been. I didn't think of more to it than that. And I didn't even really think about where on the map Santa Teresa is. I didn't plan that out very well. I didn't even think about like, how will I get there? Do I drive from San Jose or is there a tiny little plane? Like I didn't think about it at all. It's just like, oh, we're going to go. We'll figure it out. And uh, turns out that Santa Teresa is right around the corner from Montezuma, which is the first place I visited in Costa Rica ever. Is literally like I got off the plane from Sweden and went to Montezuma, you know, when I was 19 years old, 14 years ago. <laughs> and I've never been back to Montezuma since that time. And it didn't really occur to me that I'm picking a place that's right this at the same exact spot, you know, basically where I came the first time, a place I've never been back to since then, this place that initiated for me this massive awakening, the place I fell in love with Costa Rica for the first time, the place that really changed my life was Montezuma, which is the first place we went. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I was telling my friend who I'm here traveling with, uh, that I was telling her this story yesterday that... I was living in Sweden and she was like, why did you pick Costa Rica in the first place? Like you could have gone anywhere. Like how did Costa Rica become this such a special place in your, in your heart? And I was just remembering this because I originally, so how I went down was I had this boyfriend, super precious guy, still like think of him so fondly, just, just really precious, amazing human being. I was together with for four years. He's a great, great guy. We just had a very challenging relationship. And we fought a lot. We drank a lot. It was a really codependent, destructive relationship. And we met when I was 15. So we were together almost four years, which is a long time when you're a teenager. And uh, I was really convinced that this is the this is it. You know, this is the love of my life. We're going to get married. We're going to have babies. We'll probably live in the same little part of the island. And when I say the island, I mean the island outside of Stockholm where I lived when I was a teenager. Like we'll probably live in the same neighborhood, right? Like, like probably if, you know, that movie Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow, where <laughs> one split decision can change the whole course of your life, you know, that feeling. Like I, there's a version of my life where I stayed with him and I stayed in Sweden and I, I just, my whole life turned out very differently. And I, I think about that sometimes, that how just a small decision can completely change the course of your entire life. But it's a decision, 
right? It's rarely that life just happens to us. It's like we play an active part in that. And uh, we had this very dramatic, tumultuous relationship, but we spent 24 hours together all day, every day. I mean, and the love I felt for this guy was painful, painful love. Oh my God, it was love that hurt, like it hurt, which I now know as also codependence. <laughs> I couldn't imagine any single part of my life without him. But also I wasn't feeling well, right? Also that relationship was really destructive. Also we would fight and fight and fight and fight and like throw things at each other and, and drink ourselves into oblivion and smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. And he was really jealous. It was just not a happy, happy, you know, relationship. It's not, it wasn't that, right? And I eventually found myself at this meditation uh, retreat, which was my first ever introduction to anything different. And during that retreat, I had this realization, and it was a very quiet realization, that I, I will never be able to find myself together with, with him. I will not be able to, to, to explore whatever it is that is moving inside of me to heal whatever is surfacing now. Like I won't be able to go down this journey together with him. I just knew that. And part of that was, you know, didn't have, wasn't because something was wrong with him or anything like that. It's like to find myself, I needed to let go of who I'd been. And there's no way I could do that together with a person who'd been my anchor, you know, for all of those years. Um, and I just knew, a part of me knew, like, I'm going to have to break up with him. And that thought, that idea was so wild and insane, I couldn't even entertain it as a conscious thought, right? It was so, because losing him would be death that's what it felt like it would be like breaking up with him like I'd sooner die like that is not ever gonna happen and somehow there was some intelligence in, in within my being that made a decision okay well I'm gonna go and take a long trip right a long journey and I think deep down I knew that if I went on a long journey without him like a long trip and I had space from him for the first time in my life that I would be able to make that decision to let him go, that I could actually break up with him if I had space. I wouldn't be able to do it living with him, being with him every day, all day, you know. I needed to go away. And uh, we were, we wanted to go, I, I decided with two friends, I had two friends, we had just graduated high school, you know, and I had two friends who wanted to travel also. And we were like, well, let's go backpacking, like how fun. Normally people in Sweden, they go backpacking through Asia, and I really wanted to go somewhere where they spoke Spanish because I already spoke fluent Spanish. So we decided like, okay, let's not go do the Asia thing. Like, let's go to South America, Central America. Like, let's start there. So we picked Colombia to go, which is such a beautiful country. So precious. One of my favorite places to go. I mean, I love, love, love Colombia. And we'd never been, I'd never been to that part of the world ever before. And we made a whole plan. We were really going to land in Bogota and go to Cartagena de Indias and then continue all the way up the coast. And um, go to the national park and like go to Tairona. We had so many amazing plans. And then I can't remember who this was, but it was a friend of a friend of my mom's, some acquaintance or friend I can't remember, who sat me down like a few weeks before our trip and said, "Listen, I really don't feel good about you going to Colombia." And I was like, what do you mean? Why? And it turns out she had had some scary experience with a, a family member or a friend that had been kidnapped there and didn't come back home. A really scary like story that had happened. And that's the kind of story can happen in any country in the world, right? But this was like, I think Colombia had a really bad rap just internationally for no good reason. I mean, 
for a long time, I, even in Sweden, people thought like Colombia is not a safe place to be. And um, Colombia is one of the safest countries I've ever visited. I always try to bust that myth because it's so unfair and, and really harmful to harmful to tourism when this thing catches on right worldwide. But at the time, I was super young, right? I mean, I was 18 or something. And we were like, what? That's a dangerous place. Oh, no. Okay. And we were like, okay, I guess we have to change it then. Uh, where should we go? And we Googled. Remember this. We Googled safest place, South, Central America, safest place, South America, something like that. And Costa Rica came up as the safest place in Central America. And then it came up like these amazing rainforests and there are sloths there. And we were like, what? Okay. Oh my God, let's go there. And I'd never heard of Costa Rica before. I didn't know anybody who'd really been there. Like it was not like a place I I had a connection to or someone we knew we could see or anything like that. But we just changed our tickets last minute. I went to Costa Rica instead. And the first place I had a little lonely planet guidebook that I bought for Costa Rica because this was, mind you, this was 2007, 2008. Wait, let me think. I think 2008, January, like end of 2007, probably after Christmas. We didn't go for Christmas. Yeah, probably January 2008. So this was like pre-smartphone era. You know, it wasn't like we had phones with us or computers or devices or anything like that. I had a Lonely Planet guidebook that I bought at the bookstore for Costa Rica. And I just opened it at random and found like the guide for Montezuma. And it said it had one of the most amazing waterfalls in that region. And that we just decided like, let's go to Montezuma. That sounds, that sounds like a cool name. Let's go there. So that ended up being the first destination of that entire trip. And we were backpacking, mind you. So I had one of those, like I think about this now, I just laugh. I had one of those, you know, towels. Like imagine you're going climbing up a mountain or you're going camping, right? That was a trip I envisioned in my head. Like we're basically going camping. And our plan was like starting Costa Rica and make our way down to Panama and then continue down all the way to Argentina. Like we wanted to see all of South America after that. That was our plan for three months to backpack. So I had one of those little quick drying camper towels, you know, the towels that don't even really feel like towels. They're like a tiny little sheet. And I had like a bar of shampoo that could also work as a dishwashing liquid. And it could also work as soap. And it could also clean this and that. Like I had like packed as if I was, <laughs> as if I was going camping or like going on this trek into the jungle which obviously was not the kind of trip that we had. I mean, at all. I don't know what I was expecting, but we just we just had this idea in our heads, like we were going on this very adventurous journey. And then we got there and we're like, oh, there's, our, there's like hostels here where we can stay and like really cheap food to eat at the sodas. And, and like we were drinking beer and going out dancing. And I mean, going on to the beach every day. Like, I don't think I unpacked that towel one time. I don't think I used that bar of shampoo or whatever it was like I had one time. But we made it to Montezuma and, um, and went to the waterfalls there. The Montezuma waterfall is so beautiful. I mean, so beautiful. And that hike up the mountain um, to get to the waterfall was for me my first real experience with rainforest, like my first jungle experience in that sense. And we got to the waterfalls and I can still remember, I can remember turning that corner on that trail. And imagine like I'm 18, 19 years old, you know, never saw anything like this in my life in this super committed relationship coming from this family history of so much tr trauma and drama and pain. I'm super pale, 
probably had pimples all over my face. Like we just come out of Swedish winter, you know, and then bam, you know, waterfall in the middle of jung- of the jungle. And I remember turning the corner of this little trail and then you hear the waterfall way before you see it. And just turning the corner on this little trail and seeing this waterfall open up and just my jaw falling to the ground. Like, what? What on earth is this? Like, this exists? This is real life? Like, this is real? And we swam in the waterfall. There's several sections of it. Like, we hiked all the way to the top. And um, there's this little, like, swimming hole where you can jump off. And you can jump off the huge one, too. And, uh, and I'm super scared of heights and my friends jumped and I remember standing there forever and like, no, but this is my new life. Like I can do new things. Like I don't have to be the person I, I thought I was. I don't have to be the person who's scared of stuff. And I jumped and then there's a picture of me jumping off of this, uh, into this natural, into the spring, into this pool. And, um, and guess what? Yesterday I, I did the same hike and exactly the same except this time it's raining season there was dry season when I did it last 14 years ago so it's a really different river in the rain and the waterfalls are much more powerful and much more intense and strong and the water gets kind of brown because it brings dirt like the river brings dirt from the mountain down and and you know we did the hike and I hiked the whole way barefoot um and just like going up this trail I'm like I remember this And even just doing that, walking in those same steps, like I've come back to Costa Rica a million times, several times a year, most years, like since the first time I went, I lived here for almost three years, like I know this country, but there was something about returning to the same thing that I did the first time when I was that little baby version of me, still in that relationship, still terrified to break up with her boyfriend, still scared shitless about what life is going to bring. And walking in those same steps and then turning that corner and then seeing that waterfall, like I just cried. I mean, so it was so precious being back in the same place. And I swam and this is the kind of waterfall that like hits you in the face. It's so powerful. It's just everything is soaked. And we go up to the second level and I'm like, oh, this is where I jumped last time. Like I remember standing here fretting like back and forth like can I do it I don't know if I can do it it's so high like I'm so scared of heights Ah." and I stood there and I'm just like I I can do it I'm gonna do it I know I'm gonna do it and yeah it took me like 17 tries and a three-year-old kid sitting with with his family next to me or a six-year-old kid yeah older than three saying like hey there's a kid's level like if you want you can just points over there like you can climb down there and just jump there you know and I'm like dude shut up child like (laughs) I'm a grown-ass woman I'm an independent woman (laughs) I can do hard things and I'm standing there looking and you know the longer you stare down the height the scarier it gets you know and I'm like I can do it 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 and then I did it and I jumped and I felt so amazing at the end of that and um, just like I was looking at, I have one of those little aura rings, you know, the, the ring that tracks your sleep and activity and things like that. It's like an Apple watch or a Fitbit, but it's a ring. And we hiked 30 kilometers yesterday. I mean, so we walked and walked and walked and walked. It was like such an intense, like physically a very intense day, but also emotionally a really intense day um, because we got to Montezuma. And I'm like, that's the hostel where we stayed. This is where we drank all those beers and went dancing at night. 
Like it's all still there, that town, those places, like it all still exists. And I remember sitting at this little cafe on the corner and I had my Power of Now book from Eckhart Tolle, which was like my Bible. I brought it everywhere. I mean, I read that book until it fell apart. And I kept meeting people who were reading the same book. Like people would come up to me and strike up conversation because I was reading that book. And I remember sitting at this cafe with this book, drinking a smoothie, like in agony because it only took a week, I think a week, maybe 10 days of being there, being in Montezuma, being in Costa Rica for me to realize I have to break up with my boyfriend. Like I have to, I can't, I can't be with him. I can't, I have to, I have to go be on my own. Like it was this overwhelming overpowering feeling of I have to do this on my own but it meant breaking the heart of the only person I had ever loved you know and it meant it not just breaking his heart like shattering his heart I mean it, it was not that breakup even though it was what I had to do and of course I mean I wouldn't have it any other way of course making that decision shaped everything that came into my life after that of course I don't regret it it was really important thing for me to do but to this day it's one of the worst things I ever did to someone even though doing it to him meant I was doing something for me and I had to do that for me it is probably the worst one of the worst things I've ever done to a person because for him you know it was out of the blue he didn't know that I had been going walking around with those feelings because I didn't really know I'd been walking around with those feelings and we were always talking about how we would get married and how many kids we would have. And we were already living together. I mean, it was a very, very intense relationship. No one ever thought we would ever break up. It was so intense. And I remember, and this says this was not like smartphone time. I remember going over to the payphone. Like he wanted me to call every day. I had promised I would call every single day, of course. Like every day I'm going to call, every day I'm going to call. And in the beginning I called every day. And then like three, four days in, I'm not calling anymore and then a few days are passing and I'm not calling and every time I call he's getting more and more anxious like what's going on why aren't you calling me like I'm really worried over here and I just didn't want to talk to him anymore right and then I realized one day like I just have to do what has to be done and I'm gonna have to do it on the phone because there's no option right so I head over to this and by now we we started moving down the coast like we made it from Montezuma we took a boat, I think, if I remember correctly, or the bus or a boat. We got to Jaco, which is a, a different kind of town. Went down to Quepos, Manuel Antonio, and then all the way to Dominical, which was this tiny little town. There wasn't even a road there. Like there wasn't a paved road leading to town. So it was agony to get there, but it meant it was just very untouched then. There was, was not a lot of tourism, this amazing town. I made it to Dominical and just, it did something to me. Like that beach, that place, it was really one of those moments where I realized like, I, I don't want to leave. Like getting to Dominical was the moment I, re I realized I'm not going back to Sweden. Like this is, I'm not, I'm not going to go back. Like this is it for me. And that realization came with, okay, well, I have to, I have to do the right thing. I have to, I have to let him know. I have to let him go. And I walked over to the payphone. I remember telling my friends and they were agonizing for me. I mean, they just knew like, this is not going to go well. This is not, this is going to trigger a shit storm back home. I mean, everyone, we were all like, oh my God, oh my God, this is going to be so bad, so hard. But I just had to, like the loving thing was to be truthful, right? But it was also the most awful thing. And I went to the payphone, and he just heard it in my voice right away. I'm like, I have to tell you something. 
And I can't remember specifics of the conversation, just that I said, like, I, I, I don't want to be together anymore. I need to break up. We need to break up. I need to do this for me. I need to figure out what life is for me on my own. And he lost his mind, basically. There was a lot of screaming and yelling and crying. And eventually, of course, because I was a million miles away, I could hang up. And I remember like hanging up, turning around, taking a breath, one of those like, <sighs> like one of those just like something left my body, like that feeling, like my shoulders just dropping. I mean, <sighs> and I walked back over to this cafe where I was sitting and like returned to my smoothie, <laughs> you know, and then went to watch the sunset and like that was life, right? Okay, think about that now. Like, how could I how could I move on from what was the most important relationship in my really young life, right? A person that was my everything. And I just like took a breath and started a new life. And I think for a while I used to think like, was I uh, ignoring something or pushing down my feelings? And, you know, is this was this really true? I think I had waited my whole life for that moment, not just because of him, but because of everything I'd been through my whole life. I had never been on my own. I had never once thought the conscious thought, what makes me happy? What do I need? How do I feel? What do I want from life? Like those thoughts that were forming inside of me throughout that trip, it was the first time in my life that I actually even thought that way about myself and about my life. So this was the beginning of me finding myself. And I think that's such a, like an abstract like, thing to say. It's like, what does it mean to find yourself? But it, it is a really true experience, right? If you've lived a whole life having been completely disconnected to who you really are, which was what I'd been through. If you're weighed down by so much trauma and the effects of trauma that just have left you in this constant fight or flight, like frozen state, which is where I was, I had never once thought the conscious thought, what makes me happy, you know? So for me to all of a sudden get to that place, it was like life was a marvel. Life was a miracle. It was, I mean, that year became, the year that followed became the greatest year of my entire life. I mean, by far. Because I got to experience myself for the first time. I got to meet myself for the first time. I got to figure myself out and realize what brought me joy, what didn't. Like, what did I need and how could I give myself that? And life became this endless opportunity and adventure instead of this dark thing that I was just looking at with dread, which is what I, what I used to feel before. So I ended that relationship and just started my new life, right? Didn't look back, never looked back. And at home, I mean, this became like a very dramatic thing because all of my friends were all of his friends. We all shared all our whole families, our whole community. And he was so heartbroken. He really lost it for a while. So I remember just friends of mine like writing me on Facebook or sending me an email or something like, hey, it's really bad over here. Like you don't know what you did, like what you started basically. And I just had this complete detachment, like, it's okay. Like, it, it will unfold how it unfolds. Like, maybe I lose every friend I've ever had over this, that they choose him in this breakup or 
I will be the bad person. Like I'm the one who just left him and left, went to Costa Rica and just broke up with him out of the blue. Like what a horrible person does that. I mean, we were all so young. We were babies, babies, babies. There was always so much drama and uh, I don't know. I mean, and I think about that time and I feel so much compassion for him. I mean, I really do. And I feel so much compassion for myself like that I did that, like breaking up with him, taking that leap was like the leap off of that waterfall ledge times 1 million. I mean, it's the biggest leap I'd ever taken in my entire life, way scarier. And it took so much bravery to do that. And I feel so much compassion for that young, young teenage version of myself who was just starting her life for the first time, but felt, you know, like she just shattered something back home that was irreversible. And from there, I mean, I uh, <laughs> eventually when I came back to Sweden, it was a couple months later, like I decided I'm going to live here. I'm going to stay here. This is the most joyful, most joy I've ever felt in my life, right? Found yoga, meditated every day, became vegan, picked my f like fruit, organic fruits off the vine, off trees, swimming in waterfalls every day, hiking, like lived in a commune for a while. Like I was just like living the life of lives, right? And uh, eventually went back to Sweden to like, okay, I needed to make some money. I needed to pack. I needed to, I needed to, I needed to just like move in an organized way, you know, instead of just stick around. And I remember I came back to Sweden feeling like a brand new person. Like I was just a completely new, different person. And um, I opened the door to my bedroom in the house um, that I, where my mom's house, where my siblings and everybody lived. And on the floor of the bedroom was a huge moving box, like one of those big like cardboard moving boxes. And inside was every gift that we had ever that he'd ever given me my ex-boyfriend every drawing he'd ever made for me he's, he's an artist so he drew and painted for me so much um, every letter we'd ever given each other everything we'd ever shared like in a tangible form was ripped to shreds in this box like on my on my bedroom floor and I remember I opened the door uh I can't really, it still stirs emotion inside of me because I feel, I feel so brave, honestly. <laughs> like I feel, I feel like there's a part of me that is so strong in a way, like even then I had nothing to prepare me for that kind of life, for adulthood, for all of this. And I remember just going to this box, sitting down, looking inside and just bawling my eyes out like just crying my eyes out and I didn't cry the whole Costa Rica trip and I got to sit there with all of those things basically like I was holding like our broken hearts torn to shreds in this box and I cried and I cried and I cried and then I took a deep breath and then I took the box outside and I continued my life <laughs> right I mean that was that was what that was and sometimes letting go happens in that way. Like I've learned that now. Sometimes letting go is this agonizing, never-ending, forever kind of process. And sometimes when we are in the right place at the right time, it's like the universe conspires for these things to work for us, right? And, um, and then it's easy, right? Then it really is easy. 
And um, I moved to Costa Rica, like actually like saved up a little bit of money and didn't go with a backpack this time, like brought some proper stuff and um, moved to the Dominical and got this little house, right? With all the scorpions and all the cockroaches and where I didn't have a shower or a fridge <laughs> and lived out like this happiest time of, of, of my life, finding myself. I met Andrea, my best friend, moved in next door. So she was my next door neighbor. And I get to just right now, like I haven't sat with these stories, with these memories for a really long time. And it's 2021, you know, where I'm sitting now. It's like at some point along the way, like three, two and a half years into to living in Costa Rica, I, I went to Aruba on vacation on a whim. And I met this guy in a surf shop and fell in love and moved to Aruba. And then we had a baby and now we're moving to Sweden. <laughs> I mean, isn't that, isn't that a trip? Isn't that a, isn't that a trip? Right. And if I would not have made that decision, um, standing at that payphone to take that leap, I would be living a very different life right now. And not saying that that life like necessarily would have been a terrible life or anything like that. It would just have been a different life. Right. That decision of taking that leap of breaking that guy's heart and in a way, you know, saving my own it led me to where I am today, living this life. I am so grateful that I have. And strangely, 14 years later, I got to take that same leap off the same waterfall. And it's just reminding me of all the leaps I've taken since that moment and how they all in their own way led me exactly here. And it's divine and it's the universe bringing these things my way, but it's also choice, right? I've been thinking a lot about that, how not making a choice, not making a decision, like staying really shy or shying away from taking those active, big, hard decisions in our lives because they might hurt someone's feelings or because they might put us in a place of uncertainty or whatever it is that you're scared to do. So you're just holding off on doing it, not doing it, not making that decision, not taking the leap. That is a decision too. That is actively deciding every day, waking up and actively deciding every day to stay in the thing you don't want to stay in, right? To remain in the situation you know isn't serving you or to remain in the mediocre place that doesn't feel horrible, but also doesn't feel beautiful, right? And I think when we're not brave, when we feel like we don't have the support or we're not in that aligned place or we're just keeping ourselves from taking that decision, it's like we are every day weaving a life that maybe isn't our best one and life is going to present us with those opportunities to take those really scary leaps whether it's from the top of a waterfall or making that phone call to break someone's heart or quitting that job or deciding to try to have that baby or um, chatting up that person sitting next to you who you really feel drawn to or like you know there's a million decisions presented to us all the time to go for something whether that means letting something go or inviting something in right but to really go for something and you'll know you know you'll know when something is stirred enough in your heart that it's time for you to be brave and being brave I mean for me at that time was like <laughs> that was everything I ever knew right Letting go of him meant letting go of my entire life. 
letting go of everything I'd ever known. And I knew it meant letting go of my family, meant letting go of Sweden, meant letting go of my story, letting go of the version of me I thought I was my whole life, letting go of that relationship, letting go of the future I had envisioned for myself with him. I mean, it meant letting go of everything I'd ever known. And I didn't know it would come after that. I had no stability. I had no certainty. I had no money. I had no plan. I had no you know, perspective, anything. I just... I just had to take that leap, right? And trust that, that this is the right thing. I felt it. I felt it then. And in a way, you know, 14 years later, I'm taking this different kind of leap with my husband and my daughter who I wouldn't have if it wasn't for that first leap that I took. And now I'm leaping again and I'm uprooting our whole family and moving us to the cold in the dead of winter. (laughs) I could cry. I could laugh. I am uprooting my whole family and moving us across the world to a cold and dark place in the dead of winter. And that is one hell of a leap to make. I have no idea if things are going to be good over there. I don't know if if things are going to work out. I don't know if we're going to be happy. I don't know if this is going to be a huge mistake. I don't know if it's something that's going to harm us in some way or what if I'm ruining something for my daughter and this is going to be a terrible thing? What if Dennis gets depressed? He can't take the cold. Like, I don't know what's going to come our way. But I'm remembering and being so reminded of that feeling that that I'm ready, right? That this leap, like, I don't know exactly where it's going to take us, but I, I can trust that it's it's somewhere and it's moving us forward. And for now... I'm okay just knowing that. And of course, things are different now, right? I have more stability in different ways and more things to lean back on. And of course, it's harder to make these brave choices when we don't have certainty, right? Terrifying. Terrifying to quit your job if you don't have another one lined up, right? Terrifying. Terrifying to leave a relationship if you don't have someone else that you can like link up with or another prospect of a relationship or someone who might love you over there, like, right? It is easy to make, it's easy to make these choices when we have something to bridge us. But sometimes life doesn't want you to have the bridge, right? Life wants you to make that choice and be brave without the bridge so that for the rest of your life, you'll remember that you're brave, that you're brave, (laughs) that you are brave and that you have what you need to go for the life that you want. And that you don't have to wait for things to align more or get easier, for more money to come, for something to shift. But if you feel it in your bones now, then the time to be brave is now. And I so want for you to have that good, beautiful life that you dream of the same way I somehow magically ended up in the good, beautiful life that I dreamt of too. So, um... I'm going to leave us with that. (laughs) I really enjoy sharing these stories with you. Maybe next week, this time of my life also aligns with some really powerful ceremonies and life-changing things with cacao and ayahuasca and a a lot of precious stories there left for me to tell. And, um... Maybe next week we'll go that route. Let's see. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today. Be brave. I'll see you next week. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. And if you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. I'll be back next week.